In Jesus' name, amen. When was the last time, if I can ask you, when was the last time you found yourself lost in a sense of awe and wonder? Can you think about a time like that? Maybe one of those jaw-dropping hands over your mouth, tears in your eyes kind of moments. Can you think about a time like that? When was the last time you were lost in awe and wonder? I can remember one time in particular for me. Um, It happened when I was in the Grand Tetons with my wife, uh, the mountain range out in Wyoming. And uh, we were out there in the midst of a three-week camping road trip. And at that point, I think we were about a week or so in. And uh, we had seen many uh, amazing things, beautiful things, awe-inspiring things. But at that point, I was starting to get a little tired and worn out. We were traveling and driving a lot. We were sleeping either in the back of our car or on the ground. We were hiking and climbing and exploring. And uh, at the end of this one particular day, the the sun was setting and we were heading back from a day of of hiking and rafting and we were driving to our campsite. And at that moment, I was done. Uh, The last thing I wanted to see was another beautiful sight. I I was worn out and the only thing I wanted to look at was the inside of my eyelids as my head hit the pillow back at our campsite. But As we were making our way, maybe a few miles from our campsite, uh, my wife wanted to see the sun setting uh, behind the mountains, and the the sky was beginning to turn, and so we we turned into this little parking lot, we parked the car, and then we walked to this bridge that crossed over a little creek, and uh, this is what we saw, and I love this picture, but it doesn't even begin to capture the moment, you know how that works, right? And uh, I had been crabby and exhausted and tired, but as we stood on this bridge looking at the sunset, I was lost in awe and wonder. It was one of the most amazing things I had ever seen to watch the sun go down uh, behind those iconic mountains. I was, I was amazed at the, the creation and the nature and just the beauty of it all, but also thinking about the creator, the one who made this, and it was one of those jaw-dropping hands over your mouth, uh, tears in your eyes kinds of moments. But when was the last time you were lost in awe and wonder? I, I think our reading for today from Acts chapter 2 is supposed to leave us with that feeling, that jaw-dropping, hands over our mouths, tears in our eyes kind of feeling. Because in our reading from Acts chapter 2, the Pentecost story, God is doing some awe-inspiring things, isn't he? Things that are completely out of the ordinary, things you don't see or hear anywhere else. Uh, it started with the disciples as they were gathered together in this house and as they sat there, God filled the room with the sound of a loud rushing wind. It was amazing, something that doesn't happen every day. I mean, can you imagine, here I am giving a sermon and and if all of a sudden you couldn't hear me, which maybe some of you would enjoy, but all you could hear is this loud rushing wind, window clattering wind filling your ears. That would leave you in awe. And yet that wasn't all. Next, God placed on top of the heads of his disciples these little tongues of fire, these little flickering flames that rested on top of their heads. Again, something you don't see every day. Again, if you think, what if I was standing here and all of a sudden there was fire above me that you couldn't explain? That is an awe-inspiring moment. And yet that wasn't all. Uh, After that, God began to speak through the disciples. The disciples went out. And they began to proclaim the name of Jesus, to speak and and teach about him. And the amazing thing was that there were these people there from all over the world, and all of those people could hear what the disciples were saying in their own language. 
You see, Pentecost, which was that day, was one of the three high holy days on the Jewish calendar. There was Passover, there was the Feast of Booths, and then there was Pentecost. And on these three high holy days, a good Jewish people who had the means from all over the world would have traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate at the temple. And as these people from every nation of the known world at the time gathered to give their offering, they began to hear the disciples speak in their own native tongue, languages coming out of the disciples' mouths that they had never learned in school or been taught before. This was a miracle, a moment of awe and wonder. And yet that wasn't all because I think that the most awe-inspiring thing about that day was the message that all of this was sending. See, God wasn't doing this just to perform some cheap parlor tricks. He wasn't just interested in leaving his people wowed. No, he wanted to tell them something. And the message God was giving, the promise that he was making, was truly inspiring. It was one of those jaw-dropping, hands-over-your-mouth, tears-in-your-eyes kinds of messages. God was saying to his people there in that moment that he had come for all people, That it didn't matter what kind of blood ran through your veins. It didn't matter who your father was anymore. It didn't matter what country you were born into or what city you worshipped in. That God had come for all people, for people from every country under the sky. The other message God was giving was that his spirit was now filling all people. That his spirit was no longer just for prophets, holy men. That his spirit wasn't just uh, for priests Uh, that it wasn't just for kings, but that his spirit now would fill all believers, men and women, young and old, slave and free. This was an amazing, awe-inspiring message that God was giving. And and yet to me, that's not all. Um, After all of this is happening, and again, try to put yourself there. There's the wind, there's the fire, there's this miraculous speaking, and it leaves the crowd in Jerusalem there that day confused, as you can imagine, right? They're trying to figure out, okay, what is going on here? They can't make sense of it all. And so Peter, the apostle Peter, he stands up and he needs to to lay to rest some of this confusion. And so he lets the people know that himself and the other disciples, that they're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. They aren't filled with wine. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, Uh, that, that this was planned by God, that this was his work and it was promised for centuries. It's Peter who stands up to clear up this confusion. And in one sense, we're not surprised that it's Peter, right? Uh, Peter, if you're familiar with many of the the Bible stories in the New Testament, he's always the one talking. (laughs) He's never afraid to kind of barge in and have his voice heard. I I think about this one story, uh, Jesus' transfiguration. It's this wild story where Jesus takes three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he brings them up to the top of a mountain And while Jesus and and these three disciples are up there, Jesus is transfigured or he's transformed. His clothes become as white as snow and as bright as the sky. He's like the shining beacon on top of the mountain. And then there next to Jesus appears Moses and Elijah, these Old Testament uh, heroes of the faith. And, And Jesus and Moses and Elijah are having this little private conversation and we're never told quite what they say. And it's Peter who's not afraid to barge right into their private little talk and say, hey, Jesus! It is so good that we're here. How about this? Let's build three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, and we can hang out for as long as we'd like. How does that sound? Peter, never afraid to speak up. It was Peter, as, as him and the other disciples were in the boat that day, 
crossing over the lake and the storms came, the wind and and the waves and and all the disciples are so afraid, they're terrified they're gonna die and then in the distance they begin to see someone walking to them across the water and 11 of the disciples can't make sense of this. They don't know what's going on. They're terrified. They stay huddled in the boat and it's Peter, again, no surprise, that says, Jesus, I wanna walk on water too. Just say the word and I'm out of the boat. Peter, never afraid to speak up, right? So in one sense, when when Peter begins to give this Pentecost sermon, we're like, okay, we get it. It's Peter again, no surprise. But but do you remember the last time, one of the last times we heard from Peter? Do you remember what he was saying then? One of the last times we heard from Peter, he wasn't standing up for Jesus. One of the last times we heard from Peter, he was denying Jesus. Not once. Not twice, three times Peter denied his Lord. God had gift-wrapped this amazing opportunity for Peter, kind of like thrown it right into his lap, this amazing opportunity God gave to Peter to proclaim his faith, to stand up for Jesus when Jesus needed him the most because Jesus was just hours away from his death. And, and God gave Peter this amazing, blessed opportunity to speak up in his faith. And instead, Peter, three times, says about Jesus, I don't know the man about the man he had just spent three years following. <laughs> so when we get to this point in the story, as, as Peter gives a sermon, I think we're supposed to be asking ourselves, what is Peter doing here? He doesn't deserve this. Who is he to speak for the almighty, perfect, holy God, right? Who is Peter to receive the gift of this Holy Spirit, to speak in tongues and have a flame of fire on his head? Why, Peter? He doesn't deserve it. But that's the gift of Pentecost, We're reminded that God came for all people. It ought to leave us with a sense of awe and wonder, with our jaws dropped and hands over our mouths and tears in our eyes to see someone like Peter welcomed in and not only accepted, but then also used by God. You see, I I believe that Pentecost gives us two holy messages. It gives us the big picture, that God came for all people, people from every nation, every language, every tribe, that God came to save the earth. But but we can never forget in that that God also came for the individual. He came for the person. He came for Peter. And he came for you. Because we're all like Peter, aren't we? Uh, Many of you here, you're members of this church, and You might have your own church home otherwise. Many of us have been filled with Jesus. We've spent maybe not just three years like Peter following Jesus. We've spent a lifetime following Jesus. And yet, in our own sin, we have emptied ourselves of Jesus through our gossip, through our lies, through our lust. Or or maybe we feel sometimes like we've been tipped over and emptied of him through addiction or divorce or whatever the case may be. And and today we're reminded that God welcomes back all people, (laughs) even Peter people, even you people. Uh, God, in just a few moments, uh, is going to do something amazing. In just a few moments, uh, Robert and Anna are going to confirm their faith for us. And uh, I'm, I'm serious here. If that does not leave you with your jaw dropped and tears in your eyes and hands over your mouth, then we have a problem here. Uh, Because this is not normal, what they're going to do, to stand up in front of a group of people like they are and to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, that this this is my faith. No one's forcing me to do this, but I am choosing to stand up for him. That is an amazing thing, brothers and sisters, 
that God is doing in our presence, something that no one does on their own, but only by, by the power of the Holy Spirit that fills them. And, and we are going to leave here today with awe and wonder over what God is working in their lives. But the truth is, Robert and Anna, I don't know how you feel today. Uh, maybe you woke up this morning and you felt very full. I hope you did uh, because you have learned about Jesus Jesus loves you and his Holy Spirit fills you and you have this church family that cares about you deeply and I know you have family and friends here that love you too. I hope that you're sitting here today ready to confirm your faith, feeling so full, but maybe not. Uh, Maybe you woke up this morning, one of you, Robert, Anna, and you looked in the mirror and you thought, this should be someone else. (laughs) What am I doing here? I don't look the part. I haven't uh, earned this or deserved it. I, I don't know how you feel today, but I I do know, and I, and I think I speak for all of us here today, that you will have moments of emptiness. There will be times in your life where, where you do look in the mirror and you think, what am I doing here? Or, or maybe you'll know all the Bible verses, right? You'll know all the facts, and you, you'll have memorized John three sixteen for God so loved the world. And, and maybe you'll wake up and, you, and you'll know this Pentecost story. You'll remember that God came for Parthians and Medes and Elamites, whoever those are, and Egyptians and Libyans and Judeans. But you'll wonder in your mind, what about me? You'll know, I, I, I know God loves the world, but how could he possibly welcome me back? And so my encouragement to you, Robert and Anna, but also to all of us here today, is to remember Peter. <laughs> or maybe better said, remember Jesus, who came for Peter. Remember Jesus, who died for Peter, who rose for Peter, who promised to one day return for Peter. Remember and and never forget that, yes, God loves the world and everyone in it, that he came for all people, but also never forget that you are a part of that world. In Jesus' name, amen.